In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps, inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. That's lls.org slash bigclimb. Seven fifty five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back. Seven fifty five is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. I'm with uh, Eric O'Flaherty, my co-host, former Braves reliever. Eric, what's happening out in Seattle, man? Your eyes are under siege. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know what's going on out here. So there's a lot going on. I heard somebody call it um, Woodstock Sim City. Uh, they kind of just <laughs> took their own area downtown. I'm I'm out far enough. I'm not really seeing it, but um, it's definitely yeah. crazy times. Um, well, speaking of crazy times, what a draft, man! Un- unlike anything we'd ever seen in a draft, obviously a five rounder and uh, a whole lot of good high school players did not get drafted, and a whole Weirdest lot of them are not going to take those twenty thousand dollar bonuses. <laughs> so a lot of them are going to be flooding the colleges next year. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if there was if teams could have had some kind of workaround or agreement or something they could work out but it sounds like it's just 20 grand or go to you know wait for next year that's wild yeah i mean and if you're a real good college a real good high school player you're not going to take 20 grand right i mean unless you just think you have no interest at all in going to college and uh, you 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 know anathema to you you're going to sitting in a classroom 20 grand something you might get in like the 30th round if you're decent. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's there's no chance, you know, like I, I was a six rounder, I got 150. So if you were, if and that was 17 years ago, if you're a decent uh, mm-hmm. high school guy, there's no chance. I mean, it's still, I mean, 20 grand is not nothing, but, yeah. you know, just decision wise, there's a lot better route than trying to jump into pro ball because. That's leverage when you're coming up through the minors, man. How much a team has invested in you, and if you were signed for only twenty grand and you're having a couple yeah. rough seasons, it's not it's not a big deal to cut you loose. So, I mean, you got to think about that with these guys too. Especially since next year's draft's going to go back up to twenty rounds, still only half as much as usual. Uh, but I mean, that changes everything—five rounds to twenty rounds. So, if you have any confidence at all in your ability to stay healthy and do something next year, you're going to be making a whole lot more coming out next year than you would this year if you go to a JUCO. Yeah, JUCO is going to be the the move for a lot of those guys, and the JUCO leagues are going to be pretty damn good. There's going to be yeah. some good JUCO teams out there. Well, I've seen the Braves. I've seen the grades given out by the so-called draft experts, people that people that do this, and and they are experts because it's what they focus on. But you know, how unpredictable drafts are, and a lot of times in in every sport, but especially baseball, where it's not like you're drafting a guy like in, in basketball. The first, the lottery picks, most of those guys are going to come in and start or or make an impact at least right away. Baseball, we know some of the best guys we're not going to see for three or four years. You know, most of them will see sooner than that, especially college guys. But it's just unpredictable. 
Anyway, yeah, that's, that's why the draft the has so much, such a hard time. The MLB draft has such a hard time getting any kind of TV yeah. hype around it because yeah. you, you know, you're not seeing these guys for however long. But and you don't recognize most of them, the average fan. No, college football is a lot bigger deal than college baseball and basketball. Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, but anyway, what I'm saying is. The Braves I saw got some pretty much middle of the road C's that kind of thing for the draft, and uh, and that's understandable because none of the guys they, that they took were really high on boards. But if they're right on some of these guys, I mean they've all got some. They all had an injury or some adjustment that they had to make. But every one of them was really impressive this year, and the Braves are really high on all four. They only had four picks because they lost their second rounder for for signing Will Smith last year. Uh, or last offseason. But they got four picks, all of them 21-year-old college guys, and all of them could be here sooner than later. I mean, these are these are guys that you're not going to look at three or four years down the road. They're looking at getting here in a year or two. So we'll see, but they really like them, especially the pitchers they took in the first and fifth rounds, their, their, their first and last picks, and the center fielder they took from Michigan, who was, uh, by way, who was from Seattle but went to Michigan. Uh, but we'll talk about each of these guys. I think you, you've had a chance to look at some of them on video, right? Yeah, yeah. I got them all pulled up. Um, I was thinking, too, you know, with the the Braves feel like they have a window right now. Um, you know, Freddie's in his prime, mm-hmm. Acuna and a good core. Um, they're probably thinking, let's let's try to get guys that can help us. You know, if you get a guy that's – so much can change in four or five years with your organization. Uh, when you're hot right now and you're in the position they're in, they probably – you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a big thought was to get guys that can help them during this window to try to win a World Series. So, yeah, they, they went with some older, more mature uh, college dudes. Uh, Seattle Prep, by the way, that's where uh, that's where Jesse Franklin, the center fielder, went. Oh, okay. Lefty. Lefty hitter, lefty thrower. Um, so let's talk about these guys. Oh, and the other thing, uh, a reason, if people were looking for a reason why so many college guys went, look at the fact that we got to remember, within a year, we could see 42, 40 to 42 minor league teams uh, have their ties cut to the big leagues. Uh, contraction, whatever you want to call it. But all the short season and rookie league teams are going to be gone. So that changes everything. When you're not having to, fit, uh, you know, put together rosters for these rookie league and short season teams, then you're drafting guys all of a sudden that aren't going to be playing until the following year and are going to be playing at, you know, the lowest level is going to be low A. But you're not going to have those short season rookie league teams. So that a lot of those high school players you might have you might have got for those leagues, no more. Well, that's so strange, man. Because and I get not drafting them because of that, but it's just so strange to me to not have that really low level to kind of get guys mm-hmm. used to pro ball and adjusted to, um, you know, a lot of college guys could jump straight to high A or double A and be all right. But high school kids, man, you might not be ready for, for double A for three or four years. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just strange to me to not have that step anymore. And I'm wondering if they're going to be able to have, you know, an extended or anything like yeah. that, or what they're going to be doing with these guys, you know, I think the that's young the plan. Latin players. That's I don't know who they're going to be playing against or what they're going to be doing or what the plan is, but man, that's strange. They are, that is the plan that I've heard extended spring trainings all year. Uh, no, no, but where you would normally be playing short season ball after getting drafted, you'd yeah. go down to your spring training camp and you maybe yeah. maybe they do put together games against other teams down there, you know, in Florida or in Arizona. But they would have extended springs and then then these guys would jump into low A, full season low A the following year after they're drafted. 
So they would just have a like a four month or two month extended spring, and then what happens in June when when short season normally starts? They just go home. Well, no, that you're talking about the draft being the same time or a little oh, later. So they, they might, just come they in and go straight it, there. They might move the draft back a little bit in the future, by the way, um, back closer to August. But yeah, they would go straight down to camp after you know a couple of weeks or whatever. They'd have an indoctrination thing and all that, and then they'd have an extended spring that would last you know longer than you. usual. And uh, and they're also talking you know as a result of this year the minor league season being just canceled altogether. They're talking about really expanding the Arizona Fall League by like or having even a couple of leagues, and who knows that could even play into the future with draft picks. You know, sending some guys to some type of Arizona Fall League. Yeah. So yeah, the fall is a lot of stuff up here. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to wrap my head around because it's I've known it for so long. Yeah, and now I just I'm full of questions on how guys are going to develop, but they'll figure it out. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about this first guy that the Braves signed because he's the guy that took in the first round, 25th pick, uh, and by taking him, they end up he's a guy they're going to be able to sign below slot, and they end up having the money to sign. Bryce Elder, the guy that got in the fifth round. So, uh, and we might see Elder before we see any of these guys, including the first rounder, but we'll get to him in a minute. But Jared Schuster, uh, kid from New Bedford, Massachusetts, by way of Wake Forest. And I didn't realize this until I was talking to uh, somebody who, a scout, does, you know, work doing pre draft stuff and everything. And he told me that Wake has like some of the best technical guys now, analytics, the coaches down there. Really, it's like a, a really good pitching lab there. And oh, they built one. They built like their own. Um, oh, really? Biomechanics lab. Yeah, I saw wow. a picture of it. Um, I saw a picture when they were building it. They've been trying to bring in the best coaches and stuff. This guy might be their first uh, big uh, product. Big of it, huh? product of it. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So it's like their own drive line or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's it looks like you know size of like a half indoor basketball court, but a couple mounds, all the technology and everything. Um, it's. I mean, it looks like it's paying off for this kid. Well, that would explain why this kid was able to make this adjustment during the offseason. He worked on it all winter with a hip turn to get his lower body much more involved. Uh, and his, as a result, his velocity went up like three or four miles an hour, and his command was far improved. So Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. You know, it's, this is a guy that, that they could have stole because if he could have kept doing what he was doing early on, he might have moved himself into a top 15 draft pick. Right, before the season got banged after four. Yeah, the season got banged, and he didn't get a chance to really build his stock up enough. But the video I saw from this year, he looked pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, the results were really eye-opening. He's got a mid-90s fastball now. It was uh, up like four miles, three, four miles an hour from the Cape Cod League last summer, plus change-up. And he's a big left, 6'3 lefty who idolized a couple of other big lefties, Cole Hamels and Clayton Kershaw. He's really excited about talking to Hamels, he hopes. But most people had him going in the second round. Kyler McDaniel, ESPN credit to him, he had him 31st in the draft among the prospects going in. And that kind of mirrored what the Braves thought of him. Uh, they love him, and they're going to get him below this $2.74 million slot, which is, like I said, will ultimately is probably going to be what enables them to sign Bryce Elder to a bonus probably two or three times what his $336,000 slot at the 156th pick of the draft in the fifth round. But anyway, uh, Schuster, he uh, 
he, he last year he was he had really had command problems. He knows that the Braves know, and he knows that when they look at people look at his six one seven ERA in three seasons at Wake, people are going to go, "Oh God, another guy the Braves drafted just because he was signable, and they didn't want to pay anybody." And you know that's what the low budget Braves were doing for years. But this isn't that guy. This is a guy that that ERA is not reflective of all of what he is right now because. As bad as he was as a freshman and sophomore when he had the real command problems, he had ERAs of 741 as a freshman, 649 as a sophomore, had 126 strikeouts and 102 innings in that span, but 58 walks. Well, he makes that adjustment with his lower body. And then look at voila, look what he does this year in four starts. 376 ERA. Eh, okay. 43 strikeouts, four walks, and 26 in the third innings before the COVID-19 shutdown. That's huge, and I, I got a couple things on that. You know, I had a I had a six ERA in uh, A ball two years in a row. Wound up having a, a ten year big league career. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's guys this young can make one adjustment and and change their entire trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you you know what kind of numbers did Sean Gilmartin put up in college? Yeah, you know it's it's one thing to be able to dominate at that level, but you got to look at the potential of a guy. When I look at this dude throwing. 95 left-handed with that changeup. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw I saw a couple of it. His changeup looks nasty, uh, like a plus-plus. But I saw a couple videos of him, and his slider looked – in one video, I saw his slider looked really good, tight, sharp, and, and he was getting really bad swings on it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the video I saw from this year, it looked a little loopy, like it was just kind of rolling up there sometimes. But for me, the cha- if you have a lefty that throws 95 with a really good changeup, I'd much rather chance that than – a lefty that's throwing 89 with with right. four okay pitches. I mean, right. ceiling's so much higher for this guy than a guy like uh, Sean Gilmartin, who made it to the big leagues right. and did all right. But for a first round pick, mm-hmm. you know, you you want that super high potential. And this guy throwing 95 with a changeup and he can find a slider. You know, yeah. I think the the breaking ball is so much easier to teach than than the feel for a changeup. And if a guy's got a plus changeup at this that feel of a changeup at this young of an age, man, the, the breaking ball. He'll get it. He'll figure something out. So the potential is just so much higher. Yeah, uh, Dana Brown, the Braves VP of scouting, said that uh, he's got a feel for that slider. That it's coming along. It's it in times like you said, it's good, really good, and they think it can be a, a really solid pitch. And he'll be a three pitch pitcher, and that's why they like, really like him as a starter. Um, he had ten or more strikeouts in three of his four starts this spring, and then his final start was against number two or three ranked Louisville. He had thirteen strikeouts and one walk in seven and third innings. Yeah, I watched that one. I watched that start, and his slider looked good. Um, he threw a couple, though. You know, another thing, when you start getting way more into your legs and getting more velocity, it's almost harder to take uh, – it's harder to, to control a breaking ball and, and get used to it because when you're getting into your legs, you're getting a little bit more behind and under the ball. So you're going to have a tendency to cast it, and it's probably just going to be an adjustment he has to make of getting back through a slider, letting it eat, and, and not trying to really guide it because some of the ones he threw were – they were loopy. But he'll throw one or two that you're like, that's it. And once he gets into pro ball and works with big league coaches and, and you know, the other thing is you're throwing to college hitters, a lefty, lefty slider, uh-huh. you know, only a percentage of them can handle any breaking ball from a lefty throwing 95. It's just overwhelming. But you get into pro ball and you find out which breaking balls suck right away because mm-hmm. they you don't get away with them, you know, especially once you get to like high A, double A. Um, but again, the changeup, man, he's already got the feel for the changeup and a good changeup plays at any level in baseball. 
So he raised his, his fastball velo from low 90s last summer at uh, when the Braves scouted him in the Cape Cod League to 92-95 this spring. He topped out at 96-97. Uh, he raised the strikeout to walks ratio from 2.54 as a sophomore to 10.75 this year as a junior, albeit in a short season. Another thing, he's probably just gassing guys up. You know, once you if if you're throwing 95, 96, you're a lot more likely to just challenge guys and take your chances in the zone versus when you're throwing 90, man, you got to hit your spots. And, and sometimes guys throwing 90, they'll have a tendency to nibble and, and go more to their off speed. That mm-hmm. confidence he had throwing 95 this year, he probably just let it eat right, you know, in the zone. Dana said, uh, I would say the breaking ball was more of a work in progress, but he started to really pull down on it and get through it. So that improved also with the delivery change. And when you take that into consideration, that was a big part of us selecting him. He made that jump, which is outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. It, getting through your breaking ball is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, and, and you. You know, it's hard to get that feedback at lower levels, college, you know, rookie ball and stuff like that, because guys struggle with off speed. Um, so you can throw kind of a crappy one and not get that feedback when it kind of rolls through the zone. Uh-huh. Um, but what you really want is you want it to come out like a fastball and get through it like a fastball and just let the spin make the ball break um, versus trying to body it, and manipulate it with angles and and kind of pulling it and everything. Um, if he can keep it similar to his fastball because he's got really good plane on it, with the changeup, I uh-huh. mean, the, this, I, I see this guy and I like to pick a lot. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to be a homer or anything. I just see it and I'm like, this dude has a ton of potential. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, six three, throws ninety five with a great chance, with a really good plus changeup, and he looks really, really athletic, which I like yeah. too. Reminds yeah, me of Mike Miner a lot. They really like that part about him too. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but he, yeah, he didn't know. He hadn't didn't have any idea he was moving up to the first round. And said the last week or so, he'd been in contact with the Braves a lot, and they indicated they might take him in the first. But he still didn't know. They hadn't guaranteed anything. He said honestly, I didn't know until a couple of minutes before the pick was in. It was a pretty exciting moment for me and my family. Can you imagine that first round, or you don't know it, and then all of a sudden Boom. they call you two minutes before the pick and say we're taking you. No, and. It's crazy to, you know, how much that matters when you're coming up. When I was talking about the investment from teams, uh-huh. being a first rounder, I mean, it's such a blessing because you're just going to get every single opportunity. You got scouts with their name on you. You know, the GM took you. Everybody's going to be, it, it may not be fair. And, and the the later round draft picks never really like it, but it's, it's so good to be that higher draft pick. And you're just going to get every opportunity. You're going to get more time to fail, more time to develop. There's not going to be as much pressure on you coming up in that sense where you have to put up numbers. So he'll have time to really, you know, iron some things out and, and try to develop into an ace. He'll be 22 in August. And Brown, uh, Dana Brown said that, uh, as a college pitcher with a big fastball, he could be on a fast track to the majors if he continues doing what he's doing, developing like he has. Uh, he said, I think, uh, or, or Schuster himself said, I think I have a really high ceiling and I'm going to work hard every day to reach that ceiling. Um, excited about, re- like I said, about uh, possibly meeting, working with Cole Hamels. And he also real familiar with the Braves history as uh you know, just going up and watching them from afar, especially with Glavin, you know, being a Massachusetts guy. But how about having two big lefties now from uh, Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah. Well, how about – but what what's next, though? You know, if you sign, is there a fall league this year? Because there's no minor leagues. Yeah, that's a good question. Man. That's really strange, man, to sign with this team and then just hang out the rest of the summer and wait for spring training next year. 
I mean, they gotta have a fall league or instructs, right? I mean, you th- you would think maybe maybe one of them on at least on some teams would have a chance to be on that fifty man on that twenty man taxi squad, you know. But I don't know how if any if any of these pitchers are close to that, close enough to do that. So. Well, you I, you almost have to though with the first round draft pick instead yeah. of having them. You know how much better is it for him to be hanging around a bunch of AAA guys, right. even if he gets hit around, you know, in inter squads and stuff. The stats won't count, you know. So being around those guys will be such a yeah. That could be really helpful. I'd almost put him on that taxi squad as like the the 49th man, you know, and just get him some reps and and be around that rather than sitting at home. Um, Yeah, Brown said he'll need to keep working on the third pitch, the slider, but but they regard, you know – they regard his uh, changeup as one of the elite pitches in the whole draft. So it's good. Uh, and he said, really we feel good. like the aptitude is really good. And there's a chance this guy can be a three pitch, have a three pitch mix with above average to plus stuff. And he said, he, uh, Oh, he said they also, one of the other things they observed that made them willing to take him in the first round. Brown said, uh, Schuster is a pretty good athlete. He goes, he runs like a six, five which is very rare for a pitcher. That's more like outfield wow. speed. Yeah. He said he's pretty athletic and we could show him a few things. You need that athleticism in order to get better. You need the size and strength that he has to be able to log innings in the major league. So we feel like he's got a nice pack. We got a nice package there, even though it's the back of the first round. Well, you got to figure athleticism too. You know, it, it helps injury wise. Mm-hmm. you're able to throw and, and move your body better. Athletes are just better movers normally. You know, you, you get a lot of pitchers that the only thing they're good at is rotating, and you have them run sprint. I'm one of them. You know, you have me run sprints, I'm slow. Uh-huh. Uh, you have me do a lot of other things. I'm just, I'm not impressive. But then you have a guy, you know, like Mike Miner could hit his head on the ceiling in the uh, in the <laughs> weight room. You know, guys like that. And that's who he reminds me of just watching him throw. I didn't uh-huh. I didn't know he's a 6'5", 60 guy. That's pretty yeah. crazy for a yeah. pitcher. Um, but that athleticism, man, it does nothing but help. And when you watch him throw, you know, he's using his body so well, that's, that's going to take stress off your arm. And he's got, he's got pretty short arm action too, which I actually like. So they took all college players with their four picks. And the last one they took right-handed Bryce Elder, Bryce Elder of Texas, big, big kind of stereotypical Texas hoss. He's 6'3", 220 from Decatur, Texas. And he slipped to the fifth round only because teams that might've taken him in the third because of this really unusual draft and the small signing bonus pools, nobody had the kind of money that you could move around and manipulate to sign this guy for what he wanted. Cause he want made it clear. He wanted a big signing bonus or he'd go back to Texas. He's got options. Cause he's got that third year, you know, that extra year of eligibility that all spring athletes got from the NCAA. So he'd still be a junior next year. So he could legitimately go back. It's not like he was just blowing smoke. And teams knew that, so they didn't take a pick and possibly waste it. I think teams were a lot less, re- a lot more reluctant to waste a pick. Yeah, in a four <laughs> when they've five. only got four or five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or I think the Giants had seven, but they had to make them all count. Yeah, you wanted to make them all count. So anyway, he slipped, and the Braves they had him and Franklin, Jesse Franklin, both right there together in the third round. But they really thought someone else would take Franklin. They really wanted Franklin, the center fielder, that really athletic. And they thought Elder might drop to the fifth or that he would drop. And he ended up, that's exactly what happened. So they get this guy in the fifth round. And Dana Brown said, we're getting a guy who can eat innings. He has a good sinker with a slaughter that he can get swings and misses off of. So we feel like this is a guy who's really going to be a part of the back end of your rotation. We were able to save some money elsewhere. and We were able to get it, him done. Sounds like they already have the agreement. They just can't say that. But obviously they wouldn't have done it if they didn't think they were going to sign him. 
Yeah, a lot of times they'll they're not they'll there's a lot of contact before the draft yeah. where they're gonna make sure Deal's you know done. that you're signable before they waste that pick. So I'm sure they got a pretty good feel for it, probably just yeah. working out a few kinks. Yeah. He looks like a big, big athletic guy though too. Easy yeah. throwing too. He doesn't put a lot of effort into it. I love guys that don't seem like you know, if, if a guy could throw ninety five but his body's flying all over the place versus a guy that's throwing ninety three and it's just looking easy for him. You know, durability wise, I always think it's better for guys to just have an easy, you know, smooth delivery like he has. Uh-huh. Well, but yeah, he, he, uh, he looks like a stud. Yeah. He, uh, you know, when they, when they took Schuster in the first round Wednesday, Dana Brown had said that it might allow the Braves to sign some high school players to higher than slot asking prices in the later rounds after, you know, in, in the second through fifth round or third through fifth rounds in their case. Because they saved some on Schuster, but they went all, ended up going all college on on uh, Thursday. So I asked Dana, I said, asked him if the if they changed plans, given what kind of what was out there, and he said, he said we really didn't deviate from the plan. The difference was Elder slid some, and he feels like he's a we feel like he's a pretty good pitcher, and he had options to go back to college. So he's probably going to end up being a bit of an overpay. But at the end of the day, without a second round pick, we feel like we're getting two third round picks with Elder and Franklin. So they and they're like going to underpay up, for the first rounder. Yeah, they feel like they made up the gap on not having yeah. that second rounder. Um, they had uh, with Elder, he is he got an eighty three ninety three mile an hour sinker, above average slider. Some say it's plus slider, really good slider, one of the better sliders in the, in the whole draft. They said that's his out pitch, and then he's got a good changeup that's come a whole a long way in the past year. He moved in the starting rotation as a sophomore in 2019 and had a 293 ERA and 13 starts with 86 strikeouts, 33 walks, and 83 innings. Then this past year, he makes four starts at a 2.08 ERA, 32 strikeouts, seven walks before that season ended. So he's another of these guys that they're getting strike throwers. And that's yeah. really been an emphasis since, since, uh, Alex Anthopoulos took over here and brought in all the analytics guys. They've really made throwing strikes, first pitch strikes, strikes in general, avoiding walks. They've really made that a key. You got to have some of those guys, man. You got to have some sinker slider starting pitchers that can just get out. Mm-hmm. You know, that that you can't have every starter going five innings. It, mm-hmm. it kills your bullpen. Right. And you're seeing it more and more in the game that teams are going to their bullpen in the fifth inning. So you, it's when you're drafting guys and you're looking at pitchers now, you got to find, you got to have at least one or two guys that may not dominate. You know, he's not going to be Max Scherzer, but you got a guy that, that you can count on for five, six, seven innings uh-huh. at least once through the rotation to give your bullpen a break. Yeah. So it sounds like they're, you know, they weren't so many teams so, are realizing that. And so many teams, you know, have been just drafting guys because they all throw 96, you know. So I kind of like the fact that they were willing to take a guy 89, 93, give him his big bonus that he wants. Because they value him so much, because the other pitches, the other pitches. I mean, the, the you know being able to throw that slider that he's got, and 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 like you said, grind out innings because that's what yeah. they're looking for him to do. They're already penciling him in at back of the rotation. Doesn't sound like they're they're planning too far in the future. Like they think he's going to be here sooner than later. Yeah, and it seems like you know being more polished was was really attractive to yeah. him. Definitely um, was that. Yeah. Man, you get a guy like that, and you know the thing about throwing, not having the dominating overpowering stuff is again, you just you keep a lower pitch count, 
And mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, velocity is huge in the game and everybody's trying to get velocity. But late movement, you know, tight late movement is something that you can throw in the zone and get so many easy outs. Uh, it's starting to be undervalued at this point. Everybody wants the, the guy throwing 99 or whatever. But mm-hmm. when everybody's throwing 99, the hitters can time yeah. it and then get used yeah. to it. You know, you, you still have to be able to pitch. So I'm sure it was really attractive to see a guy that, you know, doesn't have the overpowering fastball, but just knows what he's doing, throws a ton of strikes and, and gets early outs. It, you have to have a few of those guys. And it's all cyclical, right? So, I mean, if everybody's yeah. throwing 96, yeah. 99, and, and a lot of guys are throwing four seamers up and all that, all of a sudden a guy going kind of reverting to 89, 93 sinker like we used to see so much, and a slider guy, he's kind of different now, right? Yeah, well, they call it below the hitting speed, which is insane to think of 92, 93 <laughs> as below the hitting speed. Uh, but it's it's getting to that point in the game. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've heard somebody the other day saying 25% of 90s, you know, major league players could make it in today's game. And nothing nothing bothers me more than that because they're basing it all off of the velocity you're seeing. Right, right. And if you gave those guys, what, 45 days against consistent 99, right. they're timing that too. Hitters can time anything. They yeah. can get the bat down. So you have to have secondary pitches. You have to know how to pitch. You got to be able to hit spots, um, and it's it's really attractive to see a guy that that can just pitch, you know, and and looks big and durable. I think he's like six two, two twenty, two twenty five. Yeah, big durable body that can just six, eat three. innings. Yeah, six three. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean you got to have guys like that. So I'm sure it was really attractive to him, especially if they feel like, you know, he could have gone higher and they were able to move some money around and get him, get him in the fifth round is a pretty good pick. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrate.com and enter promo code 755 at checkout. Again, that's go to drinkhydrate.com and enter promo code 755 at checkout for 25% off your first order. The other guy that they had with him and the guy they ended up taking in the third round Jesse Franklin, he's a let. Now this guy, I've really heard some good stuff about him. I was looking uh, our minor league, uh, Emily. You know Emily of the minor league, but she really has a, a thumb. I don't know Emily. Of, all the, of, the, of the college and minor league guys and all this, but she had talked to some people about this guy, uh, Michigan guy, Jesse Franklin, the one from Seattle, and really hear great stuff about him as far as being athlete, big strong guy, really leadership type guy aggressive, fast, uh, good power. They think can really develop a lot more of the power that he's showed in games so far because he's hits bombs in BP um, and doesn't strike out much at all. So there's a lot to like about this guy. He's a left-handed hitter, thrower from Seattle. Uh, 6'1", 210 is what he's listed at. I heard he's a little bigger than that. 
He's got good speed, strength, and explosiveness, and the strike zone recognition that I talked about. That you know, so many guys, young players, are free swingers today, but he's not that. Scott say he gets terrific jumps on fly balls, great instincts. Could be a plus defender at a corner outfield spot, but maybe doesn't have the top end speed that kind of big league teams like to have in center field. That separation speed. But uh, they're going to the Braves are going to wait on that part. But Dana Brown said it's going to depend on how big he gets. Right now he's an above average center fielder, and we feel good about that. But if he gets too big, we'll put him in a corner because he does have power. He profiles better in center. His value is even greater if he can stay in center. But if he ends up going to corner, we still feel good about him being an everyday major league left fielder. He yeah, might have, have some competition too, just to make it. Oh into my this god! Outfield. Yeah. Well, look at the two they got right now with Pache and Drew Waters. That's why, yeah. you know, we talked about them last week. We got that question about Drew and, and Pache. Do the, will they be in the, the, the outfield with Acuna in 2021? And so let's not get ahead of ourselves. You never yeah. know what they have plans for one of those guys. You know, one of them could get traded. We never know. Yeah, this guy could just go off, you know, exactly. and you try to squeeze him in there. That was the one guy that that I, I didn't see when they drafted him. I said – you know, this might be a tough guy to make it to the big leagues really quick just because of there's almost a log jam in the outfield already. But like you said, you know, so much can happen in the next couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. You just it's one of those things where you just got to take a really good player when he's available. Same age as Waters and Pache. He's 21. He'll be 22 uh, before long. And unlike you say Waters, now I know it's college and I'm not equating college to, to, to pro ball at all, even in double A. But he did play at a at, you know a big school, Big Ten, good baseball, Michigan, and he doesn't strike out. So you know they like that about him. They like the leadership. Uh, they like the speed strength combination. The fact that he's going to get bigger and stronger still, and he's played so little baseball because he's had injuries. He didn't play at all this year because he broke a collarbone in a skiing accident. And before he could heal and play, he would have played. the The season was banked, so he didn't get to play at all. So he would have. He's another guy you talked about. They yeah. kind of maybe stealing Schuster. They might have done the same thing with this guy. Yeah, it's, it's you know your stock can change so fast um, in the spring and, mm-hmm. and right before the draft. You guys make adjustments and go off. Some guys fall on their face, um, but yeah, not playing at all. It's one of those things where not playing could have served not him better, but the team better. Right. If they already saw something they liked about him mm-hmm. and felt really good about him, he doesn't have that chance to go move him out of their draft pick range. You know. He can't move up into a pick they didn't have. So picking an athlete, though, and, he, you know, I don't. I, they said how big he gets, but he doesn't seem to have the frame to get huge. No. You know, he's, he seems pretty filled out. He looks athletic. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about that. Um, I, just the speed thing, man, it's going to be tough to, to compete with some of the, the speed the Braves got in the big leagues already. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't you see know. anybody beating Apache for center no. field. That's, that's a <laughs> no. given. And then Acuna's in right. So basically you got one spot. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's also had some labrum and hamstring stuff in the past. So, yeah, but, but, so there was that health thing, you know, some teams yeah. may be scared away by that, but Scared's he made baseball, sometimes. he made baseball America's freshman all America team in 18, 2018, he had 327 with in 47 games, led Michigan in home runs that year with 10 and slugging percentage of 588 average dip to 262 the next year as a sophomore, but his OBP climbed to 388. He drew 51 walks that ranked in the nation, had 13 homers, made the College World Series All-Tournament team, struck out 88 times in 512 plate appearances over his two years at Michigan. That's pretty good. Yeah. Homer total isn't huge, but Brown said he's seen Franklin show significantly more power in BP, like I said. 
Dana saw him himself and said he has physical size, swing, and athleticism to get to that power and translate it into games. Yeah, he looks like a ball player. You yeah, know, he really sometimes, does. sometimes you know that there's such an adjustment too when you go from metal bats, but the balls help a lot too. Um, even in the minors, when guys there's guys that are hitting ten to fifteen home runs in the minors. They switched to the they switched to triple A balls last year and you saw the home runs skyrocket but double yeah basically but getting to getting to hit those big league balls man you got guys that have really good at bats and are really good at putting the barrel on the ball mm-hmm. and they just don't quite have the power with those other balls and all of a sudden you get that extra 30 feet of carry mm-hmm. um I could see him developing you know having a ton of power in the big leagues he just you know just it's it's yeah. also up in the air man what how a guy's going to develop and what they're going to do you're all looking at potential but you know just looking at him moving and everything he looks like a ball player yeah you would think at least 2025 20, homer type guy eventually yeah well because how many games is a college season anyway i mean if you're hitting yeah 13 in that short season you know in what? F- 60 games 70 games you could double that yeah, he only played 40-some games his first year, too, and he had 10. So he had 23 in, what, 110 games? 115 games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, easy um, home, 25 homer guy. Here's the other guy, uh, yet again, another guy that they got in the fourth round that really liked the Spencer Strider, this Clemson right-hander. A little undersized, six foot, but throws hard. He's topped out at 97. Mm. Um, and here's another guy that might have fallen a little bit and and would have built up his it would have gone higher if he'd have had a full season because he missed a whole year last year with coming back from TJ surgery. So another guy the Braves saw a lot, saw what they like, saw something they liked in him, and they might end up with a steal on this guy because he's uh he came back and, t- and and topped out at 97 a year removed from TJ surgery. Pitches at 92, 94, got good arm strength according to Dana Brown. And a really good breaking ball. They like his curveball against lefties and righties. Yeah, I'm looking at his mechanics right now. He just needs to slow down a little bit. Uh-huh. He's but the arm, the arm's there. And that's once you get in you get into pro ball and work with some of these really good pitching coaches, get his tempo better and just get uh-huh. him to wait. Because he kind of he gets into his delivery and he just rushes through it. And that's I think why he's probably all over the place a little bit. You uh-huh. know, kind of you see him missing up and away a lot. Right. But Again, it's the same thing, man. If, if you start with that arm, and then you then you trust your development, you know your your minor league coaches and everybody to get him in the zone and make a few adjustments. All of a sudden, that ninety seven's in the zone with a good breaking ball, and he mm-hmm. looks like a good athlete too, man. I watched yeah. him chase down like a popped up bunt. Um, seems like their theme is they just went with athletes yeah. this year, and that's that's the game in general, man. Everybody's going mm-hmm. really athletic, but you know you can't really teach guys to be way better athletes like that you're kind of you have the athleticism you have mm-hmm. so you start with that the guy throws 97 or gets up there i mean yeah dana said there. dana said very athletic with a quick twitch, yeah. with a quick twitch muscle fiber maybe that's what you're seeing all that and and, and maybe he, that he can't wait to throw it <laughs> as he gets a little older yeah he he gets into a slurry he can't wait to throw the ball i mean he steps he's in the he's in the wind up he steps steps lifts his leg up and he's ready to let it eat um, someone will get him in pro ball, just kind of get him slowed down a little bit, mm-hmm. clean up some of the moving parts. Um, guys can make huge jumps just with a few little mechanical tweaks. They love is they love this guy's upside too, just like Schuster. Yeah. Um, and being he, small doesn't scare me, man. Being six foot, yeah. you know, a lot of the shorter pitchers, the guys that are mm-hmm. that are well, short. I mean, six foot's not short in real right. life, but for baseball, it is. Um, you can have a better angle. You know, you can almost have more backspin and more ride to it. Uh-huh. And in today's game with everybody swinging up at the ball, um, yeah. 
the shorter pitchers really don't scare me at all, especially if they're able to still run it up there. You know, it's a different angle Kimbrel. for the hitters to see. Yeah, Kimbrel was Kimbrel's like six five eleven, five ten, yeah. and he gets that backspin on the ball and he gets that ride. That's why you see everybody swing under Kimbrel's fastball. Uh, Dana said, we think he's going to be able to get a little stronger and he'll be able to hold and maintain his velocity. Uh, he's a draft eligible sophomore because he got redshirted after TJ surgery last year. He pitched in only 26 college games, 10 starts, had a 4.71 ERA, 89 strikeouts, 38 walks, and 63 innings. Uh, Dana said he had the health issue with the arm, but he got it fixed. We feel now he's through it. He's out of the woods. We feel like he's going to be a starter. Feel good about his fastball. He's hit 96 with really good rise, what you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah. And he's got a really good breaking ball. Uh, he's on the rebound, and the arrow's pointing in the right direction. You know, he, the, the Tommy John thing's funny because the way teams look at it, it, I'm on the fence about whether it's a good thing they've already had it because mm-hmm. something caused you to have it. Right. You know, whether it's a mechanical thing or, or just something with a guy's DNA, you know, the way his, right. his body's put together that his elbow already tore. But – Tommy John's one where, you know, if you start seeing labrums and stuff in college guys, it scares me more. But Tommy John's one thing that it's coming for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been the view in a, in a lot of, you know, minds in baseball lately is it's good just to have already done it and have mm-hmm. it out of the way. Then it's reinforced and it's stronger. Um, I'm on the fence if that's a great thing or not. But um, if he was healthy and throwing well this year, then, you know, it's hard to argue with it. Yeah, when I hear the guys tell you about he already had it out of the way in high school, I'm yeah. like, geez, in high school? Come on. I mean, he's going to have to have another one in six, eight years probably if you had it in high school. Seems Usually. like it. Seems, Seems like, like it. But they're so good at rehabbing it now. Right. It's just like teams – it's like filling a cavity. That's how everybody looks yeah. at it now. You know, it didn't work It didn't work that way for me. I, I changed a lot and I didn't – I just – I felt like I overhealed where my elbow got so tight from it that I could uh-huh. never get that, um, get that lag in my arm to kind of lay it back and, and feel the same. But – most of these guys, man, the rehab's so good. Mm-hmm. It really is. You just take a year off, and you're, you're pretty much the same two years later. His overall stats at Clemson might not have been overwhelming, but he impressed as a freshman. He had uh, he had 70 strikeouts, 51 innings, 19 relief appearances that year. He had a 2.59 ERA, 171 opponents average, and 46 Ks in 31 innings. So he misses a full year of TJ. And then he came back this year and showed really encouraging signs of a f- full recovery. Four starts. He had a 4.50 ERA. Not impressive, but he had 19 strikeouts with only three walks and one homer allowed in 12 innings. So it was coming and quickly. I like where their head's at, though. They want guys throwing strikes. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't seem to be at all care about ERAs and shit. They're looking at a lot deeper than that long-term for these guys. That was Bobby's big thing, man. That changed my career. Um Bobby, my agent told me that when I came over to the Braves, he said, you know, Bobby doesn't care about your numbers to spring training, just throw strikes. Uh I was like, all right, you know, and I I think I had one or two bad games, but the whole spring I only walked one guy and made the team. But that mindset of just refusing to walk guys, if you're in the zone, you know, it's so hard to hit a baseball. If you're just in the zone, you get all these pop-ups and just miss hits, you know, that you just don't give yourself that opportunity when you're walking guys. Uh, for really any room for error because then there's guys on base and a bloop single scores a run. Um, but that mindset of, of drafting guys that throw strikes is, you know, that's where my head would be at too. Drove Bobby nuts. He talked to yeah, us like every it. day and it drives snit nuts. He will yeah. yank a guy faster for, for walking like three or four guys at start of an inning than anything else. He's just like, that's it. I've seen enough of it. It's not getting any better. He's out. 
Honestly, if a guy comes in and walks the first guy in a jam, I mean, well, as a reliever, it's a lot bigger. But starting pitcher, you're going to run up your pitch count. It's, it's a buzzkill for the flow of the game. It's yes. tough to just sit there and watch a guy not be able to throw strikes. And it's not easy to throw strikes, man. I'm not saying it is. But at some point, you just got to aim right down the middle and see what happens versus you have to take that chance. And if you ever watch batting practice, you'll see some coach – throwing 65 miles an hour that can't even get his arm above his shoulder you know that they're just wrecked these old 50 year old coaches (laughs) and they're getting out you know we'd we'd sit in the outfield and watch we used to have this guy in the mariner system tommy cruz and tommy was so broken you know it was funky everybody hated hitting off him and tommy would just throw this garbage up there and get pop-ups and ground balls we started calculating his innings and tommy would go you know during bp when he's trying to let guys hit it tommy would go like seven <laughs> innings three runs we'd be like that's a single oh that's a double oh, tommy blew that one up oh, tommy just got a double play and you watch it and just throwing strikes you know it just gives you this opportunity for the hitter to mess up you know the ball's in their court yeah. you walk them man it's there's no hope they can just sit there and take all day. And then once you start walking them and the hitters know that, they're going to make you work and you're done. You got to throw strikes. So, yeah, so Jesse Biddle, you know, he had that run two years ago and then for a little bit last year, but then he kind of reverted to having the yips and not being able to throw strikes again. And it was excruciating watching him for snit, ran him out there three, four, five times trying to get him over that hump, but he couldn't do it. And finally they just had to let him go. Man, I, I would watch him too. It's, there's no worse feeling in baseball than not being able to throw strikes. And there's yeah. some some games you come in, man, and and you're just lost. And it's like you're just on this island by yourself. And Sabaka, that's the same way. Yeah, and you know I tell guys all the time, like, look, you got to take your chances. And and a lot of times guys will try to make mechanical adjustments in game. Mm-hmm. And at some point, if you're missing a foot left even though it doesn't feel right, you just got to aim a foot right and hope it, you, you <laughs> yeah. can't make the mechanical adjustment. You don't have time, yeah. but those are the mental things you have to work through on the mound if, and just figure out how to get the ball in the zone or you find a pitch you can get in the zone. You know, my fastball's all over the place. Fine. Today I'm throwing 15 sliders in a yeah. row because I can get that in the zone. Right, right. <laughs> um, but you know, those are the type of things guys learn in pro ball and, and having good teammates and being around guys that have been through it help a ton. Um, but yeah, if you're not throwing strikes, man, you're hopeless. And yeah. and big league hitters too, yeah. they'll they can feel it, they can sense it, uh-huh. they know when you don't have it, and they will just sit there and look at you. And well, the worst thing one of them will do is they'll do an auto take where they'll just stand there like a statue and watch you throw a ball, and it's just over. You what does know, that it, do to it, you, man? It wrecks you if you're not if you're not strong enough. You know, if, yeah. if you're not able to slow the game down and yeah. and and just you know be mentally aware of what's happening. You know, you got to step off. They used to always call it a dumping ground in the minors. Uh, you just look out somewhere and just forget about everything. Uh-huh. Um, but you'll see a lot of guys when they can't throw strikes, they just keep getting back on the mound and making the same mistake over and over. But I would literally, man, sometimes I would just try to put the ball on a tee and you wind up hitting a corner. You try to throw it right down the middle because you're so off. Um, but I hate that feeling, man. Watching Jesse go through that was was painful because he's a guy that should have, yeah. with the stuff and athleticism he has, he should have a 10-year career. And he just hasn't been able to find a way to stay healthy and get in the zone. And, Sabaka, and that's the whole key. That's yeah, Jesse same is. Thing. He should be dominant. And he was, briefly, when he first came up. You thought, oh, my God, where's this guy been? And then all of a sudden he starts walking. Guys are going, oh, that's why he's not been up here. I mean, that's the that's the biggest thing, and you see it a lot with guys getting to the big leagues because then all of a sudden you kind of got some anxiety and nerves going, and everything's happening faster, and you can't slow down enough. Um, mm-hmm. Man, this 
I love talking to guys about it, trying to help them through it. And and you also just have to be able to say, screw it and, and not care yeah. and just go down in flames and just let it eat right down the middle. <laughs> Cause you can't, you just, you can't walk guys. It, it's one of the toughest things, but you just, you got to take your chances in the zone. You can't be afraid. All right. Well, the draft is over. Teams can still sign an unlimited number of undrafted free agents beginning Sunday morning, but they're permitted to offer those players a maximum bonus of just $20,000. So that's only a fraction of what, as, as you know, Eric, what most of those guys would have received if selected a normal draft. So that relatively puny bonus limit is going to co- probably cause hundreds of undrafted high school players to opt for JUCO or regular college, four-year college. Um, Dana Brown said it might be difficult to sign good undrafted high schoolers. but that's possible. Pl- <laughs> right. But he said plenty of college players are willing to take – just to get a feel for this, they think are going to be willing to take or listen – to, to at least uh, consider taking small bonuses just to get their pro career started because in their mind, that's where they're ready. So, But high school players, he said, it's going to be really tough. If you're any good coming out of high school, 20 grand's not even tempting. Yeah. You know, it, that's going to be gone after two, a year in pro ball and rent and shipping cars and stuff because um, you don't get paid much in the minors. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I could see some high school guys signing, but really you're, you're looking at the only high school guys you're going to – see sign or guys that really aren't going to the best college, you know, don't have a ton of confidence in that program and just want to get into pro ball. So it's like you're going from the fifth round to the 25th round in a hurry. Mm -hmm. And other, otherwise you're not signing them. Yeah. He said the tough part of of having such a short draft is you miss signing all these high school guys that you normally go to in the sixth through the 10th round. Yes. He said, usually you can, yeah. He said, usually you can move your money around and you're still in play for those guys. You're signing bonus pool money. But at the end of the day, they feel like there's some college guys that understand we're in a pandemic and they understand they want to play and they realize that they weren't top picks in the first five rounds. So they're gonna they got about 30 some guys he said that they've that they, they got an eye on that they're gonna go hard at starting Sunday and hope but to sign. College some guys got that extra guys. year of eligibility, right? Yeah. So even a college guy that's you know getting that extra year i'm going back to college over changes everything and college is so much better than the 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 way these college players get treated now yeah you know versus riding buses 12 hour bus rides and sleeping on an air mattress with 12 other dudes in an apartment i would definitely just take the the luxury of going back to college and being the man on campus versus riding around clinton iowa or somewhere especially the big five uh, conference schools, you know, I mean, they got yeah. palaces. They get treated they, well. They all got nice ballparks, great training rooms, uh, clubhouses, eat well. Yeah. Like you said, get an education, but you all, yeah. you know, you know re- well too, that there's some guys that just are not cut out for college. I was they, one of them. <laughs> yeah. And some of them can't really just skate at a major school. Maybe they can do that at Juco, just go and not go yeah. to classes and all that, but you got to at least have some, some discipline to go to a to big school, you know, where there's so much scrutiny. Yeah, I had a full ride to Oregon State, and it wasn't even tempting over going into pro ball so just because the kind of student I was. Right. It was just <laughs> I wasn't ready for college. That uh, you know, pro ball I knew was going to have more of like a militant mindset. You know, just be focused on baseball, uh-huh. and it it was a better mix for me. But I was a six rounder. Me right. and uh, me and Matt Kemp were both drafted six round, same rounds. Two really good players. You know, two guys that wow. had good careers. Um, yes, yeah. I, yeah, I can't Matt see Kemp's a lot of guys taking good. that twenty. Yeah. 
like you, some of the guys you've talked about in the past, so especially if there's a guy who's really cocky and knows he's good enough or thinks he's good enough to get to the big leagues in a hurry, he might say, screw it. You're going to give me 20 grand, but I'm going to get millions in, in a real, real soon. Whether he's delusional or not, I think there's some guys yeah. who probably believe <laughs> probably believe that they haven't got enough time for college ball. There's plenty of guys that believe that, and then yeah. they get into pro ball and they find <laughs> out this is a little different than than the leagues I've been playing in. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see where that works out. But yeah, I'm I'm with you though. I can't see a a really really top high school player who's got a good because they've all got representatives, you know, advisors, quote unquote, who are agents. You know, this guy Boris and people. Those agents are not going to allow these guys to sign for twenty grand and risk everything you risk. You know, when going and you know, playing in minor league ball for twenty grand, uh, you know, when you can at least go to school and and uh, and have the scholarship and start working towards a degree and 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 get and get scouted and re-enter a draft a year from now when presumably there's going to be a lot more rounds and a lot bigger bonuses, twenty rounds and a lot more money. Yeah, it's almost like you know if they would have put it at fifty to a hundred. There'd be a lot of guys in that six to tenth round range that would really consider it, but I think uh-huh. they made it not even tempting on purpose. Like they found a number, they're basically trying to have a five round draft and everybody else go to college. And if you're willing to take this tiny bonus, you know, come on in, we'll take you. Yeah, but well, I, I think they really just wanted to have a five round draft. Oh, and we've also got nowhere for you to play this year, so you yeah. probably got to extend the spring training and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hang out all summer. Those kids will blow through it in the summertime, just partying after graduating high school. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. But, I, you know, i tell you what. I mean, I don't want to sound like a homer either, but I really, you know, the more I dug into these guys and read up on them and listened to them and, and, uh, and, and, and saw the extenuating circumstances that a few of them had and the injuries, and I really like this Braves draft, these four guys. I think, I mean, there's not one guy that I look at and go, why the hell did they sign him? You know, every one of these guys – Really has some big pluses, and you got to figure you know one or two of them hits, and you got to yeah. feel good about that because you're seeing a lot of potential. Yeah, you know, one of them, one or two of them is going to bust, but you going down on your first rounder, um, a guy with a ton of potential that just couldn't quite put it together. If he kept that season going, he probably gets picked a lot higher, and maybe he's out of your your price range. But getting him the way they did, you know. And and isn't it just so much easier to judge these guys? I know college ball is yeah, very it's different, way better. But when they're twenty-one year old college guys who've had multiple seasons in big schools against big competition, than it is to try to judge them in high school when they're Man, in seventeen, high eighteen. School, in high school, especially the league you're coming from, some of the southern states like you know Arizona, Southern California, the Georgia, uh-huh. Florida, they have really advanced high school leagues. But if you're taking a kid from North, like Right. Where I was coming from, man. Right. I was throwing ninety-one right down the middle, and I was a god. <laughs> you know, it it just doesn't. You're just playing at a, a league that's so far below you. Right. It's hard to even get a feel. You know, you got to have good eyes as a scout if the yeah. uh, like watching a breaking ball and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's so hard to tell. Uh, college guys, man. They've and the thing is, is that college pitching coaches and college baseball yeah. programs now, yeah, they're they're they've been more open-minded and making certain adjustments, and they're paying college pitching coach is a lot of money yeah so you're getting really good coaches in college ball so you've seen you know how the guy reacts to coaching and better competition it's always been way easier to gauge uh college kids but now i think more than ever and they're not wearing guys out they've got great they, they know what they're doing as far as arms training well, they didn't get the chance to wear them out this yeah. year yeah you know a lot of those guys go play in the tournament and they wind up starting on short rest or closing 
you know, pitching Saturday, closing Sunday, doing stuff like that all season. Some of these college coaches beat the hell out of their kids. So for the most it's kind part, of a good thing. For the most part, chance. the big schools, though, the guy starts on a Friday night or a Saturday, and that's it, you know? Yeah. The, yeah, but even once they get to the tournament, you yeah. see guys throwing oh, yeah. 130 pitches, Thanks you know, trying to win this thing. No doubt. Um, there's finally something on the line that's that's really big for them. The kids want to do it. They're not going to say no. Unless uh, they get drafted real high the way they used to have it in the College World Series. It's like the next day. And the, and I'd the, be in a hurry to sign them if I was running an organization. Yeah, the you know, organizations are looking at them like, don't you dare throw Please that guy don't. out there for 130 innings. Or you'll be, <laughs> Please take him out of this game. Or the coach is going to be blackballed from the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, that's well, a good thing too. It's good. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. See how long. I just wish it was a minor league season because these are the kind yeah. of guys you really would like to follow immediately because they're the kind of guys that could step in at the A ball, maybe even Double A level. You know, uh, you know, and, and do something. But even the college guys, the, the accomplished college guys, usually start out in A ball. You know, but it would have been fun to see what some of these guys would do. So it'd be interesting yeah, to see what just they're going to do. Keep your now. eye on the fall league and and. Yeah. Maybe get some get some reports if they're able to have some right. instructs and stuff. But really, you know, you'll see them next spring. Yeah. All right, that's it. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday. Seven fifty five is real, and yes, we're still waiting on a deal between baseball and the uh, players. <laughs> yeah, just let us know when it's over. <laughs> All right. That's it. We're out. See you.